Alright guys, today we got Luann from Suit. She makes women's clothing. Mm-hmm. Women's suits. Women's suiting. Makes just just suiting. suits and like shirts or anything? Or? Uh, we're actually, we're starting to have a little bit more product development now. So uh, women's blouses, uh, blazer dresses, and some sheath dresses. So a lot of things coming in apart. But yeah, women's made to measure suiting. And we got suits executive <laughs> fashion designer in here as well yeah so Patricia yeah. was kind enough to come along um, she actually has no choice she's tied to the hip with me for a little bit <laughs> so, yeah she just came on board so super cool. excited to have her. so tell us more about yourself and also of uh, of suit how it started and uh, what exactly you guys do yeah I'm, I guess I'm gonna ramble so just yeah, off anytime. Um, yeah so uh, like I was saying before I worked in commercial real estate for a long time that was my first industry that I entered in after my undergraduate degree so I got my undergrad at the University Manitoba commerce um, and I fell into real estate love the industry and I moved out to Vancouver uh, what seven years now I guess and mm-hmm. so I've always been in real estate and then I decided last year to do my MBA because you know been in industry for a long time kind of wanted to change see what else is out there so that was on the program and how suit started was it was actually just a school project um, we were in the halls at Queens in Kingston, Ontario, and we were all kind of just talking about how all the guys were still wearing suits, first week of classes, still trying to dress to impress everybody. And the girls were just kind of standing around like this and saying, well, where do we buy our clothes? And mm-hmm. it was still a Ritzia, it was still dynamite, it was still the same places that we were buying our stuff during undergrad. And so I thought that was kind of silly. And my mom was a seamstress growing up, um, so I was always exposed to you know machines and sewing and all that. I just never had an interest in fashion until kind of this idea started about in January. And then we had our class called Entrepreneurship Innovation, where they tried to cultivate or try to teach us how typical entrepreneurship, whatever that might be, um, into a framework in class. And so I pitched this idea for women's made-to-measure suiting at the time. Nobody had done it yet. There's a, a lot of other companies that are kind of doing stuff. Like I'm sure you've heard of other companies. Mm-hmm. They come in all the time. They knock on the door. <laughs> yeah, they walk probably. in. She walks in. Let, let me measure yeah, you. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but but <Joking>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they're all all for men, and, and the whole background is, is for guys. And I think we're an underserved market. Like in my MBA class, 116 <laughs> students, 50% of us are women, and we're all in director roles, VP roles, all management or senior management. And you know, you have disposable income to go buy those kind of things. Uh, and so I pitched the idea and it kept winning every round. And then we had to pitch to our class in October of 2018. And by that time, I had received from p- some funding from the BDC, or Business Development Bank of Canada, mm-hmm. um, by accident, because yeah. I had submitted our business plan thinking I just wanted them to take a look at it just to see their thoughts because they see entrepreneurs and business plans all the time. Was this funding or grant? Funding. It was funding, okay. Funding, yeah. Um, so. So I had submitted it to them thinking that it was just to do a quick glance and then about a week later I had a term sheet in front of my in front of me saying we really think this is idea a good idea we think you're the right person to execute you should take a look at it. You so. know how hard a business loan is to get? <laughs> That's well, good for you. Yeah, well, thank you. Well, I didn't realize how hard it was to get because for me, it was just... That's part. That's my business, right? I do a lot of business loans. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. It's, like, it's next to impossible, yeah. especially for a startup. Startup, yeah. no cash flow, yeah. no... No asset. Experience. No, yeah, no security or, or anything. No, yeah. nothing. And I, I, that was not my background. My background was real estate, right? Um, so anyway, I had that term sheet a week later from that. So I sat on it because I didn't know what I was going to do with it. Um, and then we presented to our class in October. And so after my, our presentation, I actually asked my professor, what would you do with this? And he said, take that money and run as far away as you possibly could with it. So I did. Um, so I took the funding, not actually still thinking if I was going to do it or not, because again, 
most MBAs, at least from what my experience, they don't typically go into entrepreneurship. Typically, you get a master's degree to go in and become a VP or, or get promoted or all that mm -hmm. stuff. And that's what I was thinking I was going to do. Um, so in December, we had our last classes and I was still sitting on that term sheet. And I had, I had a, sorry, I had accepted it at that time. And then December came around, last week of classes, and then I decided, you know what? I'm going to give myself up until convocation. So May 2019 was a convocation at Queen's. I was saying, you know, this is the last official thing I'm going to do with this university. Let me see if I can get this launch. And anything after that, I probably won't do it, right? I just I gave myself a timeline of five months, see where I can take it. So yeah, I, I did. On May 15th, we launched. It's been about 40 days, give or mm -hmm. take now. So and it's it's going fairly well. Um, yeah, so I think does that answer your question of no, no, that, 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 that's great. <laughs> that was a long five minutes. No, it, it was it was it was perfect. Yeah. Where's mom from? Sorry, your mom. My mom yeah. uh, from the Philippines. Philippines. So she yeah. was she was a seamstress in Philippines or here? Uh, here in Winnipeg. Here. Okay. So for thirty something years, she worked as a seamstress in Winnipeg. My dad was a cab driver. I came from typical immigrant family or parents where they you know work the butt off to get yeah. their kids into school yeah. and, and hope that they turn out okay. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I think we turned out okay, so. So who's sewing now? Uh, so when a or like an order comes in? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Patricia, uh, our new designer, because she has all the skill set, um, we are actually getting some equipment so we can do more of it in-house, um, but we send all our stuff out overseas. Um, they're the experts, and mm -hmm. I think a lot of people have this notion about sending stuff overseas and getting your clothing overseas, but the thing is, they've been doing it for years in terms of... They talk keys. about it, but they all do it, so don't even worry about that. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. But, um, yeah, so there's a there's a notion of that. But, yeah, we send it overseas, but uh, Patricia is... Uh, she can build a whole suit by hand, so... Oh, you can. <laughs> she can. Yeah, because my thesis collection. Yeah, her, her yeah. thesis was all by hand, so we can start to get into that route. But... There's a whole big difference between made to measure and bespoke. Bespoke is a whole nother level of, and I'm sure you what, know. No, sorry, what's that? So bespoke, um, and Patricia should jump in whenever you want here, but bespoke is basically a process where sometimes you can get a suit for between six to eight months. It's it's starting not from a pattern, but it's starting from your own unique measurements where they'll do a basting fitting, basting fitting, however you pronounce it. Um, but it's all hand sewn. It takes a long time and it'll take three or four fittings. Whereas made to measure, you're starting with kind of a general uh, wide range of patterns essentially, and then you kind of you measure yourself, and then we'll find the pattern that fits to you, and then we'll go in. So it it still takes a couple weeks mm -hmm. for that. It's more than ready to wear, but it's less than bespoke, and Got that's it. our middle because we want to make suit accessible for the for people like us. Um, because bespoke will cost you what five thousand, six thousand mm -hmm. dollars, and then Aritzia, you know those those pricing points, and then we're kind of in the middle ground. So yeah, yeah, the the ones I go to all well, used to I don't want streets anymore is uh they you know website pick the design you want mm -hmm. right then they come in they measure you mm -hmm. and then color buttons and all that and mm -hmm. then you know pay two weeks three weeks later you get yeah. you get in the mail yeah try it out if it's uh if it's okay yeah good to go if not they'll come remeasure you again and, and do yeah alteration and good to go mm -hmm. yeah it's a similar model to us um I think we do ours a little bit differently just because um how do I put this? Because women's bodies are so much more unique. Sorry, not, not no, like you guys are. No, unique, I get it. But there's just a lot more variation in terms of women's bodies. Uh -huh. And so to try to fit into 12, 13, 14 patterns, like typical, oh, sorry, typical guys' patterns, it's a lot harder. So as much as we're typically made to measure, we're almost on the more bespoke side of made to measure, if that makes sense. We're a little bit more, if there's someone that comes to us that's so unique that they don't even fit that, they're still considered made to measure for us. 
but we'll create a brand new pattern just for them. So, yeah. Well, so my question is, mm-hmm. now I go back to my dad's age. He's, he wears the same suit. He's got a sports jacket and he's got like three suits. And yeah. he probably bought those back in, in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. Same thing, right? My uncles wear the same thing, right? <laughs> I got suits for the last 10 years, right? I, I kind of changed mine over time. But in my, if I go to my closet, take it, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember you know, buying this 10 years ago. Yeah. How often do, uh, do ladies change? Yeah. So that, this is a business that if they, if they change because of, of fashion and color mm-hmm. all the time, I think this is a great model that you guys have here. Um, Yeah, so you can kind of go into both sides of the spectrum there because women's closets, um, we have a lot more variation. Are huge. Are huge. (laughs) (laughs) And so, um, you know, suits typically for a professional woman, the percentage of closet, I don't know, it can range from 3% to 5% of your entire closet of women's suiting. And so we want to be that 3 to 5% or whatever that percentage is that you go to and wear the women's suits mm-hmm. in your closet kind of thing. Um, to your point, it probably changes a lot more often than guys. You'll have your standard, um, you know, your black suit, your gray suit, whatever that, yeah. your standard office suits, but because women have a lot more flexibility in terms of their fashion, like I'm wearing one right now, and this is considered a full-on suit, but you wouldn't necessarily classify this as a typical you know your 1950s working woman suit right um so yeah there's definitely a lot more turnover like ask Patricia and I we've started this officially two months ago but I've been prototyping since last year Mm -hmm. and in my closet now I have 30 different suits because I'm like oh I like this I like that I like this and it's not I don't even have a black suit because um for whatever reason I didn't get that color but there's just so many more ways to play with um something that's typical for you and once you've gone over the mental hurdle of understanding how to order something custom you realize it's so hard to go back to a regular off the rack because it just doesn't fit the way you want yeah exactly no right? i get that yeah yeah w- so. once it fits you perfectly the, the confidence comes on you you wear you feel good yeah i exactly. get that yeah yeah so to answer your question um there's unlimited potential on how many times it's the getting someone who doesn't wear a suit will be the hardest struggle i don't think we're aiming for that target market but who knows maybe they didn't consider a suit because they thought just thought it was like 1950s whoever working women suiting and then they see that you can turn it into something more fashionable maybe they become a convert and that's hopefully the goal mm-hmm. eventually so is that the number between three to five percent is uh is usually you know business attire suits in a woman's closet i was just kind of ballparking it okay. really um the women's suit market as of last year was a 200 million dollar industry mm-hmm. um women's that's clothes, north america uh canada just canada. oh canada okay that makes sense yeah and then uh. um for women's apparel, it's a six point one billion dollar yeah, yeah, industry. Right. So even if we took a percentage of that market, you know, I'm not we're not a tech company, we're not biotech, we're not trying to get a hundred million dollar valuation. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we can grow it to the point where we become synonymous with that, with women's suiting, I'm more than happy to call that a day. So I look at my closet right now, it's uh, jeans, t shirt and suits and, and shirts. And I say fifty yeah. percent is uh, is suits and for uh, you, yeah. Yeah, but I never wear it. Uh, can I ask you why you don't? I just don't need anymore yeah yeah fair. Yeah. Yeah. B- before you know there's people coming into the into the office and you know we have to go and meet today mm-hmm. it's not done it's, it's all done through emails and, and phone call and uh yeah. and you know linkedin messages or facebook things like that so yeah. people just don't want to meet yeah so, and then i'd rather sit here in jeans and t-shirt because i'm more comfortable yeah fair. Right? And yeah just and eventually it changed. Ten years ago when I started down here, uh, it, it was always suit and ties. You just walk down the street. Mm-hmm. That's all you see. Now mm-hmm. you, you, you don't. Then the tie was gone. They just had you know a shirt and, and, and the suit on. And then all yeah. of a sudden the, the jacket is gone now. 
And then it's got, you know, polo shirt and, and yeah. stole dress pants. So it just depends on the area. And yeah, yeah we just kind of changed. It's funny that you that. say that because a lot of guys will say that that's the trend they've been noticing as well. The trend that maybe I've seen and a couple other people have seen on our side is that women are, I know blazers are really in for women, like suits and the power suit. Maybe it's just the sign of the times. Uh, a lot more women are coming into management positions. A lot more women are doing their MBAs um, in our program for ours. We have 50% women, but maybe 10 years ago, that wasn't the case. It was 70-30 mm -hmm. at the time. So it's a, it's a different kind of time, and maybe it's all coincidental that we've started this company during you know all the Me Too movements and all the kind of just um, attention that women are now growing more into management roles or into business or whatever well, sure it is. Are, yeah. um, and so f we're actually doing a pop-up in Toronto uh, next month, August 18th to 23. 19th to 23? 19. 18, yeah. I've yeah. seen that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you got my dates. Um, but even maybe it's a sign because we're on the west coast but definitely in toronto and that's why i'm going out there because the amount of people that have said hey when are you going to be toronto, out there montreal the east coast is different than west coast 100 you can't yeah. compare those two Absolutely. when i go down to san fran or if i'm in uh, in seattle or la this is just the this is what people dress like yeah now if you go to new york you go to toronto you go to montreal it's yeah. a little different yeah. Miami's a little different too, yeah, right? Absolutely. It suits, but it's a little more uh, it's a little hotter down. Little there. hotter down there, <laughs> you know, lighter colors and things, yeah. right? Yeah, no, I, yeah, and I think right now because we're such a lean startup, we can experiment with what that looks like. So maybe Vancouver, you know, this is my home, and I don't plan on moving every anytime soon. But if the business takes me out to the east, I'm more than, and it's a, it's a plan. You got an online business. It's online too. <laughs> it's um, online, yeah. right? Yeah, you, yeah, exactly you can have too. pop up shops anywhere. Yeah. Just. Yeah, I think with our business too, because it's kind of, we're a premium bridge brand because we're not relatively cheap, but we're also not relatively super luxury. But there is um, some hurdles that you need to get over in terms of how people act and how consumerism happens online with our price point. And I completely understand that. And I think there's a, this whole movement of retail that are online commerce and they want to come back into brick and mortar. Look at Warby Parker where they're comp completely online and now they're brick and mortar on West 4th there. Um, it's an experience. You know why? Thing. I'm going to say no. <laughs> because, and we're going to see this more and more, everyone's going online, mm -hmm. right? Everyone's going to Shopify, they're going to Amazon, they're going to their own site. Now, it's leaving a lot of Robson Street types of retail free. There's going to come a point in time where these landlords that are sitting with these real estate properties are going to say, holy shit, we can't afford to have this thing being empty. So it started charging like, you know, 5000 Per, uh, per unit or 20,000, whatever it is, we're gonna cut this down. They're gonna cut it to a point where retail is gonna look at it like, you know what? It makes sense for us to go back to yeah. the store. Yeah, that's the hope. And I'm, I'm yeah. really hoping that that's the case. It's gonna well. happen. Yeah. It will happen. Yeah. When you have that much real estate just sitting there retail, yeah. right? Not office retail. Yeah. Just sitting there doing nothing. And the right, you know, somebody comes in there and says, you know, we're gonna bid low. It's great for Starbucks today. Starbucks can sit there like we are anchor tenants. We can tell you guys what we want to pay. Yeah. It's been empty for how long, yeah. right? We're gonna we're gonna drop the price, and I think that's gonna be coming here in the next, you know, five, ten, yeah, that's hope. seven years. It's definitely the hope. Um, Robson definitely has been a different Robson in the last. Main five Street years. has been the same in certain <laughs> certain areas. My, you know, if you if you get rid of. Uh, uh, um, you know cafes and you know things like that uh, antique stores but mm -hmm. you know retail is is gone yeah. in, the, in a lot of places but you know we're talking about Vancouver when you look at this globally look at New York 
mm-hmm. right? You know, San Fran, LA, all this stuff has op- uh, has uh, has happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So. No, I'm we're hoping that it goes. Yeah. So goes what's the way. what's the process now? Somebody wants okay, I want a suit. I I just got a new job. You yeah. know, I got um, Dylan's assistant. Dylan wants me to wear a suit now, right? <laughs> and she has to come in wearing a suit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> He's hoping so for an assistant. Wasn't <laughs> 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 so, so? What happens? Yeah. So typically, um, and Dylan's the boss, not me. Gosh, that's because I'm, Dylan, I'm Dylan will be the one that's going to be <laughs> taking care of that person. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so typically, someone will either um, probably see our, our website first. That's t- typically where people will go. Where, where people will go first. Um, so they'll look at our website. They'll see some of our stuff there. So they either like the stuff online and they're more than comfortable going there they see it so what we have are curated and custom designs so curated designs because there's 10 million and i'm sure you've gone through this experience buying a suit but there's 10 million ways you can customize your own suit mm-hmm. lapels notches uh buttons whatever it is so we've curated them and kind of pared them down into styles that we thought would typically work in any office and then we give you choices of linings buttons and fabrics and you have your own measurements you order online we'll ship it out to you kind of thing um and then we have a custom so anything online we can always do a notch above in terms of what we can change because we could take this and we could change it into anything you want kind of thing um so if you go custom come see us or we'll skype call with you and then we'll walk through through all of the myriad of choices if you really want to we had a girl last week she was in our office for two and a half hours because wow. <laughs> we were going through every possible thing so there's kind of two starting points and then from there um we have an office on main and fifth so uh it's a nice big studio loft come in there we'll have a glass of wine hang out and then we can even just walk you through a curated selection and say this is what we think will look good on you these are the fabrics because i know a lot of people want to see and touch and feel stuff completely understand i do too um it's hard for me to buy a dress online without seeing it too i get it so come to our office we'll go through that entire selection with you um so toronto we're basically taking that same model going out there um and we have a pop-up location there um in the financial district but because our model is so lean we could literally do that in kind of any city so yeah that's that and um turnaround time will typically is four weeks um sometimes less vancouver will be less because vancouver but will be typically four weeks i've been seeing over the last couple of years uh trailers that they convert mm. into retail yeah. and like down the convention center i see quite a bit i was in north vancouver this uh this weekend seen it there mm-hmm. i just love those you know yeah you it's know good. you 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 drop the the back and then people walk in you got everything set up there um you purchase sales your um, payment creative. everything's yeah. there and and you go and you know yeah. you just go from from place to place and park yeah yeah and i think th- that's a great i think that's a good investment for for somebody that is online just you know before they go into retail and, and mm-hmm. have this and you can tour different uh yeah um you know events it's actually on our list of um because i saw that at i think it was enchanted or something the one of the winter festivals here at and i remember seeing there was a, a essentially a clothing store in a trailer like that and i guess they just pack up and then drive to the next location next festival or whatever it is so. every weekend for the last four or five weekends i've been seeing it on uh, at the convention center right next to the mm-hmm. straw building i should take a look at that yeah Go yeah. there, take a look at it. Uh, if you're going down Cordova, make a right turn on Thurlow. Okay. Right? Yeah. And it's right in the corner. They've got a bunch of trees and uh, benches, and it's right there. It's parked there. We and then they do have. a walkover after. <laughs> no, uh, I don't see them on the weekdays, just oh, on no. the weekends. Oh, okay. And I think they're, they're not retail. What they are is because uh, I see a bunch of treadmills up front. 
So you can go in and buy like probably, you know, resistant bands in there or probably workout gear. Yeah. And then they have, you know, the training going on there. That's what I've been seeing the last oh. couple of days. But it's it's set up exactly. Like, it, they have clothes in there. Yeah, right? yeah. But it's, it's just workout gear. It's very different experiences now. I think every brand, whatever it is that you're offering, they want to offer something different and unique. And what does that mean? That means some kind of experience that they associate with your brand. So um, like I think Dyson back in the day, they did that because they, they would go to malls and they would have the vacuums there and people would test it out. But that was new and innovative at the time. That was, what, 20 years ago now. But that's uh, every, I guess, generation has something like that. So in terms of experience. Every brand has that too. Yeah, every right? brand. It's yeah. A, I think... Yeah. You know, probably people did it before Coke, but Coke and Pepsi challenge. Remember that? Oh, oh that was Pepsi yeah. that did that. Yeah, yeah, that was a long time that, ago. That was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was a kid back then. Blast from the past. Yeah. I haven't heard that those two words in a long time. But te- uh, Pepsi challenge. Right oh, there. Pepsi challenge. Yeah. yeah. All right, Dylan. What we got? Well, I got one question for myself because my girlfriend, she's from Sydney, Australia. Oh, yeah. And so we have conversations about the state of fashion in this city. I, I'm not a huge fashion person, but but she, you know. Devils, and uh, she, 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 uh, yeah, she just thinks it's appalling the way that people dress in this city. In Vancouver, it's a little casual. And uh, and so I just maybe if you want to comment on that, what do you think? And is this something that is this a trend? Is it just like we talked before? You were talking before is like West mm-hmm. Coast style, right? It's different. Yeah. Like what is that? Is it Vancouver alone? Yeah. Can it change? Is there hope? Oh, that's a that's a tough question because Vancouver, like you said, it's a lifestyle thing. It's comfort thing. Um, but it's also a nature of what do you do for work? Are you client facing? Because it doesn't matter if you're from Vancouver or not. If you're a lawyer or a commercial bro- real estate broker or whatever it is, I think how you present yourself is a function of how much res- respect that you're giving to the other person. So you'll never see a lawyer or a real estate broker or any of those people coming in with a t-shirt and yoga pants typically not not most people i don't know you know what That's this a, office is different right? <laughs> those, those are my clients maybe, okay maybe, maybe from my experience it could be completely different for someone else but from my experience especially people coming into you know building their careers still they're not the top echelon they're not the steve jobs of the world they're not making billions of dollars yet but they're still trying to prove to the world whatever that means because what you put on is essentially a costume um so in terms of what vancouver it's, it's how you want to present yourself in whatever industry that you're in. So Vancouver typically, um, and like you said, we're casual and I get it. Lulem and Ritzia, um, we're mm-hmm. the technical fabric people. And that's why we can't actually manufacture a lot on the West Coast because all the expertise in terms of like people like Patricia, they're in technical gear. And so it all pushes it out either to the East or overseas. So um, yeah, I think Vancouver majority will always be casual, um, but you know, I, I, yeah, it's gonna be casual, but you're gonna get people like me and people like my lawyer friends, my investment bankers, they're gonna dress up. So mm-hmm. if I'll take that smaller, whatever that smaller market is, I'll take it. Yeah, I'm actually quite upset right now. About what? That Dylan sits next to me for two years and never asked me a fashion question. What oh. the hell, man? <laughs> <laughs> I can't answer that I, one, man. We're in the West I Coast. I see your New Zealand shirt. I didn't oh, yeah. ask about this. Yeah, like all yeah. I got like three t-shirts in there right, right there. You can see peace. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll do a couple of Q&A. Okay, so this is from... Actually, no, no, let me, let's just go on a little more on that. I've been to every single, majority of every single small towns from here all the way down to Mexico. Wow. Right? Okay. Minus LA, San Francisco, Seattle, and Vancouver, those are the major hubs. Mm -hmm. Even within those hubs, you really don't see suit and ties, even the banking district. You'll probably see a suit 
mm-hmm. but like you know the Thai days are gone yeah and I would say out of that probably the biggest banking will probably be done in San Francisco mm-hmm. don't, don't see that Silicon Valley is uh, is hoodies and and yeah. tees and t-shirts and it's just west coast yeah right I, I think this started from day one when people were going coming from the east coast over to the west coast like let's go to the west let's chill and you know the west side yeah. you know we, we can we can go there mm-hmm. not dress up and it's just gonna be a little different, different lifestyle yeah. dressing Look, I dress like this in the office. If I'm going to somebody's wedding, it, it, it's a suit and tie. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That, that, out of respect, right? That's exactly. like, that, you yeah. know, if I'm meeting, with, you know, if I'm going somewhere because I need, you know, a few million bucks, I'm going You're based on. on your... Depends. <laughs> if I'm going to go see a venture capital guy out yeah. of Silicon Valley, no, I'm not. Yeah. But if I'm seeing some, you know, Bay Street or Wall Street guy or, or age of like 50 plus, then yeah, I will. Yeah, yeah you right? know your audience. It, 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 you know it, your it, audience. Calls, it all comes down to audience. Uh, I get respect because I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Right. So when yeah. somebody comes in here, it's like, oh, this guy's in a suit. And, he's in a. He's not in a suit and tie. He's yeah. in a t-shirt. Yeah. Um, I start talking. Yeah. And you know all that stuff. I, I hate it when somebody you know fakes it till they make it, mm-hmm. and they think wearing that suit is gonna help them. It's mm-hmm. actually not. Right. Wearing that suit is fine, yeah. but as long as you say, hey, look, I'm here learning. Yeah. I'm going to shut up. I'm going to learn here for the next 10 years, right? And I think that's where the respect comes from. Yeah, no, I, I completely get that. It's just, you also sometimes don't have that extra 30 seconds to convince someone that you know what you're talking about either. And so... It's just listening then. Because you'll never convince them. Fair enough. But I mean, so when you go to a networking event, for example, and you go into a room, don't go. you have... Well, you don't go. <laughs> but networking but is, on, is on DM today, right? Yeah, so, uh, yeah I guess for some. For, for a lot of other people, it's not. Like... Real estate still, you know, that's heavy networking events. And I think everyone bashes them, but they still show up and they still go there. And I think it's first impressions regardless. Um, so, yeah, no, that's no, kind yeah, of I get, yeah. I get it. For, for confidence sake, I, you know, yeah. that's that's yeah. a good thing. Yeah. I used to have a suit hanging there and then... Uh, now it's a... No, no, yeah, it's gone. I don't know when <laughs> I got rid of it. That's well, not. yeah, your body's your suit, I guess. No, that's not the suit, man. Come on. Let's go. From D. I haven't studied fashion design, but I want to start clothes branding. Is it possible? Clothes branding, as in sticking your branding on clothing? That's what it says, clothes branding. Um, well, if Even I... We could, you could go further and say, like, could you get into this industry of fashion design without having to go? Yeah. If you want to jump in, you can... Yeah, absolutely. So she went... Come on up. Come on up. <laughs> so Come on up. You, this is perfect questions for you, actually, too. Actually, yeah, because she's gone into and got formal training in fashion, whereas I don't. Yeah. So maybe we play off of each other here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you got something... Um, do you want to go first? Well, lots of people have also started brands companies clothing brands without like apparel industry background and like you can do it like there's so many youtube videos google yeah um, and to your point i think if anyone wants to do something if they want to do it badly enough they can find the answers and find the right people and so how i started was just asking anyone and everyone that would be willing to listen to me or have a call with me and provide some insight and i was very lucky maybe because it was because i was a student i was still doing my mba everyone wanted to say hey i'll i'm happy to sit down and have a coffee with you but um, there were a couple of people, pretty senior people in, in the industry, um, some working at Aritzia, some working at Lululemon, I'm not going to drop names mm-hmm. <laughs> for obvious reasons. But they sat down, they, sh- they told me a lot of things that to, to help me get started and then put me into different um, rooms and to get the conversation going. So that's how I met Patricia because it was a consultant from another friend of, down the line who introduced me and, and I started learning more about fashion and production, supply chain and manufacturing and and all of that that I didn't know prior to. So if you want to learn, 
you'll find a way and just to dig. But in, like you said, everything's online, and you can find a lot of sources online on in terms of internet and then just going out there and talking to people, making those connections. Yeah, or coming in and working for you. Yeah, that's too. Yeah, that's. I think that's the best way, right? Yeah, just yeah. going in and, and finding somebody that you wanna. You know, you you're going to. You know, going through your closet and look at a brand like, okay, is this a local yeah. brand? Can I reach out to them? Absolutely. Can yeah. I go and talk yeah. to them? Can I see what they're doing? Can I, you know, follow them around? And that's a really good point. And yeah. That's that's yeah. the best way. That's the way I learn, right? Yeah. A lot of people have asked me actually, why don't you just take the money that you spent on your master's degree and just start a business right away? But for me, that's the process and the steps I had to go to get the confidence and and for me to feel like I was ready to do it. Your learning is different. Yeah, my yeah. learning was completely different. Yeah. And then some people will take that money and they'll go try ten million businesses and be okay with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, again, it's very unique to your own individual learning yep. and your own process. So as yeah. long as you know it yourself, that's what it comes down to. Yeah, self awareness, knowing what you're better at, and that was my trajectory. And I always felt a little bit more comfortable because I, I like risk and I'm tolerant to risk. But I also saw that as a backup plan. Essentially, if this doesn't go well, guess what? I have a degree. I have all this stuff. Let me go work for whatever at that point. So that's my way of feeling comfortable enough. To awesome. Take a leap. No, I like so, that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is from Max. I want to start my own shirt, hats, jackets, business. What is the best way I can get in touch with people who can help me design my logo or design t-shirts? There's tons of people out there. So it depends on kind of what route you want to go. Do you want to, if you want to get someone to design your logo, there's tons of graphic designers out there. Um, I actually talked to a lot of different agencies and different scope some people quoted fifty thousand dollars some people quoted five hundred dollars you're trying to find the sweet spot of who is right for what you're trying to do so if it's just simply a logo you know what your brand messaging is you know what you want to give out to the world then maybe it's a function of just hiring a graphic designer at forty dollars an hour and say this is what i want for my logo or if you're completely starting from scratch you don't know what your messaging is you don't know what your branding is then you're probably going to need someone more involved in terms of helping you walk you through that brand strategy so it, it really depends on where you're trying to start from at the time that I was starting, I already had a whole, by the time I left school in December, I already had 80% of a company on paper. It was the last 20% to execute. And that meant my branding, my strategy, my marketing, my vision, mission values, all of that was already on paper, ready to go. So if you haven't done something like that, um, you don't necessarily need to, depending on how you want to approach it. If you want to just go in, lean startup, just figure it out right away, cool. But if you want to be a lot more methodical about it, you can, and that involves either involving more people or people with more experience or you sit down there and you're writing a business plan and trying to figure out how that goes. Um, In terms of designing, actual designing, um, if it's, and Patricia jump in here, but if it's just t-shirts from what I'm thinking is just logo and and simple t-shirts, there's a lot of companies that will do um, pattern making for you. So you tell them what kind of pattern or whatever it is you want and they'll work with you to get some prototypes out and then You'll, you'll typically pay for the prototypes, of course, but that's how you start. Or you find a designer and hopefully get a tech pack or a package uh, ready to go that you can go shop to other manufacturers. So, What's the guy's name? Max. Max is simple. Send Dylan a DM. He'll create the logo. Send Patricia an email. She'll co- create whoa, the whoa, design. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Hold on. And then, we'll, <laughs> and then we'll do something else. We'll, Hold on. And we'll manage them. We, we'll manage them. Okay, fine. But we're, we're a small business. I don't know where Patricia's time is going. Hold on. You need to get out of here. All right. Um, from Gareth. Should I invest in a social media manager or a course in social media management? Mm, 
It's funny because I was go I've been going through this question a lot. Where do you spend your time and your dollars, um, especially as a new startup? I think, and I, pr- I feel like you guys can jump in whenever. But I think in the beginning, trying to understand how it all works first, because as soon as you start offloading it to other people, you're relying on their expertise and you're relying on them to pay attention to your brand, without you knowing how it all works in terms of mechanisms, in terms of how how do your KPIs work, how do you get followers, how do your algorithms work. So. I think in the beginning I was like, oh, you know what? This is going to be too much work. I should outsource this to someone else. But now I think we've figured out what to outsource, and namely, it's photography and videography, videography for us, and then keeping everything else closer to the chest because I personally want to understand where we're getting organic followers, how we're doing that, and knowing your audience first and foremost. And then once we kind of start getting a handle of that, then I'm probably more comfortable letting things go. Externally, little by little, because then you know what is a really good KPI. Yeah. If I'm paying you five hundred dollars a month, what does that mean to me? Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. So, so for us, we've been running ads here for almost three years. Um, we're maxed out to the limit that we can. Uh, that I want to learn, not that I can learn. That I want to learn, and now it's about building a team. Yeah, exactly. And, and having somebody, and I don't want to hire an outside agency. I want to have that agency in house, right? Yeah. So finding the right people to deploy ads. We know how well a format ad does. Now you want to start targeting the people that watch fifty percent or more of that, right? With the next content and the next content, and uh, you know that's something that we need somebody in house. To know, you know, what are the metrics? Here's the numbers. Okay, we need to do a little more on this topic. We need to change it over to this. And now it's time to do, you know, this type of ad, not that type. Yeah. And um, yeah, I th- I think you should. I think every business should learn this in the beginning, so they know a little bit about it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I know some things about a camera. I'm never gonna operate it. Exactly. But yeah. I but I know something yeah. that. You know, if somebody else will t- come in here. I know I'm not taking getting uh, taken advantage of. Yeah, yeah, right. That's that's yeah. the main thing. And then after that, you know, you know, hiring the right right people to uh, yeah. to deploy. Absolutely, and and you have to know what is right for your company as well. You only know what's right for your company if you've done it yourself before. Because if you there's tons of social media marketing people out there that they're ex- experts and you pay them X amount, they'll do it for you kind of thing. But if you don't know what your brand needs or what your company needs, it will be harder for you to go and find those correct people. I've been looking for these guys for the past two months. They all respond back to one thing. I can get you more likes. It's not about likes. It's not about brand. I don't care if I get a thousand likes or 10,000 or a million. I care about if I, I can add value to you know one person. Yeah. I'm more worried about that. that that's my main thing right yeah. brand recognition yeah. getting that stuff out there not not the sales and not not the likes mm-hmm. and finding somebody that uh, that can do that is it has been a challenge yeah. especially in vancouver yeah i guess that, yeah that we all we already yeah. have a naturally smaller that, industry for yeah that. that needs to be sourced out uh, yeah. to some somewhere else yeah from mohammed i'm starting an online clothing business and i need suggestions and tips what things should i be putting first what mistakes or blunders should i avoid uh like they haven't started at all um, yeah, there's, I guess, oh. things to avoid when you're starting out and uh, well, things you should be focusing on. I think kind of to our earlier point about knowing what you're good at and knowing what you need to outsource. Because, for example, our website, our online. So initially, I had thought, because I've built a Squarespace uh, website before with my other consulting business. And I was like, oh, you know what? I can probably do this. It's easy enough, drop in and all that. 
and then you realize especially as an online business that's your storefront to the world mm -hmm. and that's not my expertise so then i started looking you know what probably squarespace is not the right one so i started looking at the shopify and i realized that's not great for me because i'm not going to spend a hundred hours a week in the beginning trying to figure out how this is going to work best for me so I actually went and got six different quotes from a bunch of different web developers and I found one that I really, really like and he built it and he made it so seamless and easy to do and easy to handle, but I did the cash outlay for that. Had I gone the Shopify side or the Squarespace side of doing it myself, the amount of stuff or time I would have probably trashed just doing that was not... Um, so I'm, I'm quite happy with what we ended up with. So in terms of just identifying and being self-aware of what you're good at, what you're not good at, and trying to find those people that will fill in those missing skills gaps right off the bat. I was very lucky from the beginning that I didn't go through too many different people um, not knowing what I, what I needed. So I was very lucky to find a really good team right off the bat for that. Um, yeah, and then I guess if it's an online business and you're selling product, finding your suppliers and getting a really good relationship with them right off mm. too. Yeah. Because you'll probably go through a couple and you'll probably spend some money on prototyping. There's no way around that. There's no way around um, potentially spending money to get out, go out to meet them and do all of that stuff. So yeah, just making sure that you're not going too far down the path with the wrong vendors or suppliers is probably the second thing for online. Yeah, I, I would focus on one thing at a time. Um, especially for somebody new, if you're uh -huh. if you're in there for for a couple of years, then you can manage multiple skews. That's fine. But I, I would focus on on one skew, right? Actually, yeah, that's a yeah, that too. Focus is a huge one because when you see how many things that you potentially have to do just to get launched, you're going to be overwhelmed and you're going to be like, I, I don't want to do this. So take it goal by goal and maybe what I did, um, I wrote six goals every single day and then I wrote the priority of which goal needs to be accomplished today. If I had to cut off my day today and I can only achieve that one, that's the one I'd be happy with. So I did that because especially as an entrepreneur, there's no one telling you what you need to do or no one telling you what time to wake up in the morning so the only source of motivation is yourself and making sure that you have your own goals so that was my personal goal my personal goal of launching on may 15th um, having six goals a day um, that was my way of keeping track with everything so focus is a big one because there's 10 million things you could do yeah but if i go a little deeper in that if i go into not not, not the um the development side for the self like self development side but if i just go to your business in the suit side you're focusing on the suit f female suit oh yeah, yeah right yeah, yeah. now now what happens is and i'm using uh warren buffett's words here there's bolt-ons of a company so now you have suits okay now i can get shoes on later on now what else could i add i can add blouse i can add you know earrings or i can you know there's so many other things you can add on there yeah. and th that's what i'm getting at here that, you know focus on one thing because yeah. most people will get out there it's like okay I, i'm gonna do you know men's line i'm gonna do everything yeah. And do socks and underwears and t-shirts and yeah. and jeans and and beanies and and you know it's just it's too yeah. much yeah you know one just like you guys here yeah. and then after that add because when you when you have your demographic let's just say your demographic is i'm i'm, I'm just guessing now say 30 to 45 females mm -hmm. right um income of eighty thousand plus uh vp title okay great you have that demographic you can run facebook ads against that demographic mm -hmm. on just about anything yeah right what, what are they the clothing side right shoes okay promote the shoes when you when you have it yeah you know and you know what well, uh, i don't know what else yeah but yeah when you that's, when how, you that's how you can market to them and yeah 
And when you have a smaller amount of SKUs, you can go and experiment a lot faster as well because you can see what works in terms of ads or elsewhere, and then you can see what products do or don't work, and you can get rid of them or add them as All this fast. stuff comes down to financial, right? Mm -hmm. when, when, when McDonald's and... and uh, uh, Tim Hortons, when they look at the financial statements at the end of the year, every quarter, those guys look at it daily or every quarter. They'll look at like, okay, what makes money? This then, okay, we keep this. All this stuff we're going to get rid of. Yeah. Let's try something else. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And the same thing with uh, with business. Like, if you look at if you look at a certain company, and I see quite a bit of them, they have different divisions, right? And those divisions should be different companies because they're doing multiple different things. And you see that 80% of the income is coming from this one sector, mm -hmm. but 50% ex uh, the expenses are coming from, you know, the other two, uh, you know, divisions that should be companies. Like, why? Get rid of those. Yeah. yeah. Right? You're, yeah, like, everything changes. So, the, you know, yeah. the main focus. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and that's the thing about being a startup. You're so much more agile than, say, a company that's been around for 30 years. Because, yes, you might have all those divisions, but there, I'm sure there's other ways or reasons why you wouldn't keep it or all that stuff. Whereas startup, you know, you're starting from scratch. You can do whatever you want, really. It's like um, navigating a cruise ship versus a uh, jet No, but this is one of the things I see in a lot of startups. They want to do a lot of things at once yeah. in the beginning. Yeah. And that's that's the failure. Yeah, you that's, just got to focus on. Yeah, that's what we did. Actually, we, um, dresses, for example, we wanted to do sheath dresses right off the bat. Um, I was thinking it was going to be easy enough. We actually had to cut those two products because we didn't know that for made to measure sheath dresses, it's actually a lot more complicated because of the way the clothing drapes. So to your point, we wanted to do that, we had to cut it, and so we're still good trying for you. to figure out how good. to do that. That's so, good. Yeah. You can come back to that later on. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's still on our products that we want to do, and uh, people have been asking about it, but we're trying to figure out how that works for all our different body sizes and types. So, nice. Yeah. So this is kind of, we'll piggyback off, it's similar to what we were just saying, but it's from Roma. It's <laughs> your best advice for starting a clothing company. We can just maybe keep it broad. Last words for best advice to start a company or clothing company in particular. Oh, I'm going to start on this one. Yeah, <laughs> Roma, just start. Yeah, actually, that's it. Because the more you sit down and think about it, and I've said this message over and over again, you're just going to talk yourself out of it. It's going to be hard. Or you're going to wow. take advice from people that have never started, and they're going to tell you that you know you got to get a loan, you got to go get this, and you got to work, and it's just. Just start. Just do it. You just start. If you if if your purpose in life is to have a retail online clothing store, start. Yeah, and if it's not, do it. Fail fast and fail hard really quickly. Or fail slow. Doesn't or matter. Fail. Just as long as you did it, and yeah. at the end of your life, you feel fulfilled that you mm -hmm. actually did that. That's all it comes yeah. down to. You don't want to leave this world with like, oh shit, I worked nine to five at uh at Lululemon <laughs> instead of, you know what, from the age of twenty five to thirty, I started something. Yeah. And I. I grew it or it didn't yeah. work. I mean, what and I mean is like, um, when it fell fast, fell hard, I just do it and kind of close your eyes and just get tunnel vision and just go and do it because it, like to your point, if you wait and wait and wait, and I, I know some people that have been running side hustles, which is great, but they've been doing that for the last two, three years and not getting the traction they want because they're still kind of one foot into the business, into their business and then one foot into a nine to five. Um, whereas if you're kind of in it and in it, you can figure out right away if it's for you or not. And, and, and entrepreneurship and starting a company will tell you right away if it's made for you or not because you're going to get a lot of no's before you get a lot of yeses. So if it's not for you, you'll know right away. Mm -hmm. So that's what I mean by like getting in there, doing it fast and seeing how it goes. And observe the no's. Once you hear a no, don't take that personally. Just no. it, it, yeah. it, it is what it is, right? Yeah. And uh, you just go, come back and maybe two months later it's going to be a yes or, or 20 years later it's going to be a yes. But 
you know, there's going to be somebody else that's going to step in and, and, and do it yeah. if, uh, if, if somebody says no. Yeah, well, that was the hardest thing that I had to adjust to on the mental side because I worked nine to fives for the last, from my 20s till, till my 30s. And doing that switch off to now not having a boss, doing all that stuff, that was the hardest part because every day... What's hard about that? Well, for me, because I was always looking for a validation outside of... So it's your, either your paycheck, a bonus, a good job, a thank you email, whatever it is, that was a validation that I didn't know I was always kind of chasing for. When you start, especially when you haven't even started up yet, you don't get any of that. You don't have someone telling you whether you did a good job or a thank you or you don't have a paycheck necessarily. So for me, that was something that I had to really adjust to and the self-awareness of, I was always chasing for that validation, whether subconsciously or not, but now I'm like, I don't even care if I say yes or no. If someone, to your point, if it's one person that said, oh, I had a positive impact or one person that converted to a sale, I'm super stoked. Like, ask Patricia, one sale, I'm like, this is amazing, but it'll get- You know one thing yeah. I learned? For me, it's not, it's not cashing in the check it's getting the deal and getting it done makes me more yeah, excited. Yeah, exactly. I'm not looking at the bottom <laughs> number necessarily. I'm just like, like last week, there was a lady who came in from New West. Um, she found us just through Google, uh, not through friends, not through real estate, nothing, but she just found us through Google engineer, came in there. She got a bunch of suits from us, but that was super fulfilling. I didn't even care what how much she spent. It was just the fact that she found us from somewhere else organically, and mm -hmm. now she's going to go and tell other people about it. That's the coolest part. So. Oh, who, who said it? a big business guy he goes uh the best marketer is your best client that has a big mouth <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah this is, this is awesome yeah right? yeah because those are going to be your people that are going to sponsor you out there they're going to say hey check this out kind of thing so yeah you never know who you're going to meet yeah i like that anything else that's all i got for you perfect yeah. well thanks cool. for coming down yeah happy to come in where can we uh where can we find you at online and uh yeah um so our website our website is www.sewt.ca um, and then our Instagram is just SEWT official, suit official. Anywhere you go, LinkedIn, Instagram, Pinterest, what else do we have? <laughs> Facebook. Facebook. <laughs> There's a yeah, lot of them. Yeah, we'll, we'll get everything linked. Okay, awesome. Perfect. All right, guys, until next time.